work in progress. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Ooh, the beeps and bops are tight. <laughs> yeah, this is happening. Right. Um, I'm Alexandra Guerrero. I'm a double major in RTF and studio art. I'm a junior. I love that. And I'm from Kitty, Texas. Yeehaw. A Houston. Time for another episode of A Familiar Place, a podcast where our guests share personal mental health stories, all in the hopes of helping our listeners feel less alone. I'm Anne. And I'm Anna Kate. In this podcast, we'll be talking about some sensitive issues, but we're doing our best to create a safe space for our guests. Please keep in mind we aren't trained professionals. We are simply initiating a conversation that we think is lacking in our society. Today, we're here with Alex to talk about coping with issues involving depressive thoughts, anxiety, and anger. While figuring out how to manage these issues, Alex also dealt with the relationships she had with family and friends and how these dynamics changed in the transition to college. And I know we talked about this last time when me and you were just chatting at Starbucks, but why don't you kind of, like, I asked you, like, that first time if you could give, like, a little bit of an overview of your mental health journey and, like, where, like, it started and who in your life has affected you mm-hmm. and, like, either, like, you and people in your life who has dealt with, like, mental health and mental illness. So could you, like, go through that again, kind of? Um, yeah, pretty much ever since I was, like, little. Like, I'm, I was complete opposite than what I am now. Like, now I'm, like calmer mellow but like before i was like very energetic and very sporadic so i would get like really angry and violent (laughs) as well like because i was just like had a lot of energy to like kind of throw out there these outbursts alex describes weren't limited to her she would often have fights with her family which includes her mom her dad her twin sister and her two younger siblings a twin brother and sister she fought most often with her dad and her brother these arguments which started when she was in elementary school would quickly escalate into more than just harsh words. It ended up isolating her siblings and often spiraled into bigger problems unrelated to the original fight. When I got angry, my dad got angry. My brother, now he's calmer now, but like he would also join in and be angry. So it was a lot of like yelling and a lot of screaming and it was bad. It was really bad. Um, And even now, you know, me and my sister, we talk about it, my twin sister, and we're just like, it was pretty bad. Like. Yeah, just because it was just, like, a lot of, like, yelling and a lot of screaming and, like, I would throw things and I would, like, slam the doors and we would, like, get into, like, physical fights. Me and my siblings, not, like, but it was mainly just between me, my dad, and my brother. And so it was, like, my youngest sisters, like, they were the ones caught in the middle of it all to where, you know, if they were, you know, just so happened to, like, step in and be like, guys, calm down, we would be like, no, go away, you know, you're not wanted here, you're not, you know... So, like, all three would then turn... Yeah, and so that's kind of why I'm, like, I also feel very guilty about that. And so, like, our relationship is better now, but, you know, that still comes up to where it was, like, yeah, whenever y'all try to stop us from, you know, arguing, because we would, I would say, like, I hate you, you know, I wish I was the only child. Like, I would say all those things, and even, you know, my brother would say all those, like, would say something along those lines, but not those exact things. So those things to whom? To, um, to like, me or to my dad. Um, and it was just, like, a and lot of the it, sisters. And the sisters was kind of caught in the middle of it, and they would try to stop it. But, yeah, we would, like, kind of turn on them and just, like, attack them and criticize them. All these conflicts strained her relationship with her family and also had a negative impact on their mental health. After these fights, her family rarely addressed their issues and would start the cycle of arguing all over again. It often left her sisters feeling stressed and anxious, further increasing tensions. 
It was at this point in her life that Alex made her first attempts to manage her anger. Like uh, elementary school, um, you know, I went to therapy one time, a couple times actually. And one assignment that my therapist said, well, a couple things. She was like, well, you know, how about not yelling and maybe just writing everything down? And so that's when I started, you know, writing letters to my parents. Like, I don't do it anymore. But, like, in elementary school, if I got really upset of something, I would write a letter to my parents and kind of slide it underneath the door so that they would see it. So I don't, like, not yelling in their face, but could be like, hey, I'm really angry because of this and this and this and this and this. And this is why, I'm, you know. So, and that even carries on now. Like, I do have, like, a little journal that I kind of write down things. And that does help as well. Kind of, like, formulate what I want to say. And then also, like, giving me a chance to reread my thoughts mm, and be like, yeah. oh, well, yeah. that's not what I meant, or what's another way I can phrase it? While her home life was still occupied with fights and outbursts, her time in elementary and middle school started improving as she channeled her pent-up energy into new passions. Art also helped a lot. You know, I started doing it in middle school, and, like, a lot of people actually really like my work. And I'm like, thank you. So that was also a little, like, self-affirmation of, yeah. like, I'm good at art, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like just because like it takes like a lot of focus and concentration. So that's kind of when I started being very patient. So that kind of taught me like patience and not impatience. Right. Because I was also very, very impatient. Like I want it now. I want to do this now. I Like why can't, you know, why can't this happen now? Even though she practiced positive coping mechanisms like creating art and writing out her feelings, Alex started isolating herself in school. It just felt easier to ignore people, and once she started isolating herself, it was harder to break out of that bubble. Although it helped her succeed academically, she ended up having days when she would talk to practically no one. And kind of middle school was kind of like, you know, I don't need anyone. I don't need any friends. I'm good. So then that was kind of like when I kind of started going into like a little bubble. Um, and then high school, I would say like, it kind of, I already had made like a bubble, so it was harder to break out of it. And so that was a lot of like anxiety that started to build up. So I became like from like very energetic and very sporadic to someone like very closed off and very introverted. Alex focused almost entirely on her studies, rarely getting enough food or sleep. She became more and more anxious as the pressure to apply to college increased towards the end of high school. Art, something she loved, became one of the largest stressors in her life. And it was a lot of, you know, every time when I went to art class, I had to have something done. But at that same time, I was trying to juggle five AP dual credit classes. So yeah, so high school was really rough. And it wasn't, so I would say like sophomore year, it got really bad. And that's when I actually like start, I told my parents, I was like, I need to, you know, speak to someone. And so I went to like a therapist, was with her for a little bit. And then junior year, it got a little better because I kind of like knew what to expect but I was still really stressed out. And then senior year, you know, like college and like ACT, SAT scores, make sure you have all of that together. That was really stressful. Even UT, I submitted it like a day before it was due. That was the same thing. I did the same thing. Yes. Dude, I almost didn't apply to I anything. Almost, I got forced oh. by my journalism advisor. Like, she stuck me there and she's like, You're not leaving this room and this seat until you apply. And I'm like, <laughs> Even in the midst of stress and anxiety that clearly plagues a lot of high school seniors, high school did have its bright spots for Alex. The distance she usually kept from other students started to fade away when she finally found a group of her own. You know, there's this one teacher that I had, like, actually all throughout high school, and she was my photography teacher. 
and she was actually really cool and you know like each class would be like the almost the same people over and over again so I got used to like certain people and there was like a sense of familiarity so that's when I started talking to people and started trying to be involved in um, conversation and like at the end of like senior year you know that was when like I actually had people who I can call my friends and who I'm still in contact with and who I like still hang out with which is like really nice and so that really helped like trying like I guess figuring out like relationships like oh wow this is actually possible to like have friends we actually you know talk to The end of high school was a whirlwind with the stress of academics and college applications, but Alex had started stretching her bubble, improving her mental health and personal relationships. But once college started, she fell into some of her old habits, isolating herself from people yet again, and her mental health suffered for it. So college has actually been like a roller coaster. Yeah. Because it also like, I had to really like learn myself since no longer did I have like siblings around me or parents or pets. Like it was just me and so um freshman year the first semester of freshman year was actually really bad um academically i was really good actually very good academically but you know i kind of retreated back into like my bubble again because you know i didn't know anyone i was very unfamiliar with everyone and everyone around me was very like outgoing and energetic and i was just kind of like i would love to join y'all but i want to sleep I want to relax. I want to go home and read a book. After years of dealing with these anxious and depressive feelings, Alex started to understand how they would manifest in her day-to-day life. So anxiety, it's like it starts off with like uneasiness, kind of like a, a, a butterfly like in your stomach a little bit. And then you, and then it kind of steamrolls like a boulder rolling downhill pretty much. Um, but um, it's just it gets very overwhelming. Uh, like you almost like freeze when it comes to like really bad anxiety. Uh, Like your chest is like really tight. You're just fidgety and you just, or at least in my experience, all I want to do is just run out the door and just run. Just because I feel like just like a lot of built up tension, a lot of built up energy and to where it's very debilitating. Like you can't move, you can't, you're just like, I want to do this, but I'm also fighting myself of, like, what do I do? Um, and it's, like, a really hard thing to break out of. Um, definitely, like, walking around campus helped a little bit. Like, walking from class to class helped because I was able to release a little bit of that tension. So physical exercise is a nice little outlet. But you still get those reoccurring thoughts. You still... Um, and then, like, what about your depression? Depression... That one comes up very unexpectedly. It's not like anxiety to where you feel like very like tensed up and like you just want to run, you just want to go. It's like you just, all you want to do is just curl up in a ball and just like lay there. And you know, it's like you also kind of have like that nasty thought of, can I just, can I just die? Can I just, can I just like lay here and just not exist anymore? Can I just, you know, can I just not? And so it's, it's really weird because they do feel opposite of each other but you can also I've had moments to where I felt depressed while anxious because I'm like I'm a failure you know I can't do anything so then that spurs like depression of you know I can't I'm a failure like I can't do anything I'm going to disappoint you know these many people I'm going to disappoint myself you know 
10, down, 10 years down the future, I'm going to be stuck in the same place I always was. And so it's just right now I'm really learning to kind of like stretch out the bubble. Maybe like still have the bubble, but like let some people in, try to make room. A lot of people struggle with mental health their first semester in college, especially since it can feel really difficult to make friends on such a large campus. Compared to grade school's practically forced classroom friendships, college is a very different environment. For Alex, those temporary semester-long friendships weren't enough. Um, first semester, I was, like, really depressed, really, like, anxious, like, you know, how am I going to make it in college? I don't know. My life's ruined. And, like, how am I, you know, I don't know what the future holds. Um, so second semester I started getting a little out of my bubble because you know in my art classes I was part of the fig group and we pretty much already had like a set schedule for the whole first semester and so a lot of my classmates I knew from like three other classes in the previous semester so just getting that like sense of like familiarity and kind of grounding myself like what you had with your photography class yes um and I still had like some friends from like classes like people who I would call friends, but it was very, like, short-term mm-hmm. of, like, hey, we're in the same class. We chat all the time. We, like, hang out. But then once class ends, you just kind of, like, go your separate ways. Yeah. Um, but it was – I guess I started feeling more comfortable about that because, you know, whenever you're, like, looking for a friendship, you kind of want something that lasts. Alex knew these connections weren't working for her, so she took steps towards opening up her bubble beyond simple classroom friendships to search for more personal and close relationships. You would think UT would have like a nice variety of organizations, but it's really hard to find whenever it's not like the the club fair or organization fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're really hard to find. Um, and so one tabling moment, like um, I, you know, ran into like a sorority. Fun fact, I'm actually in it now. Hey! Yeah, so it worked out. Spoiled. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, though. Spoiler yeah. alert. I joined the sorority. <laughs> um, and so it's it's a Latin sorority, a Sigma Delta Lambda sorority incorporated, national oh, cool. sorority. Um, so it's like a Hispanic group of women. but oh, cool. And it's pretty small, too, so I don't really like large crowds. So the fact that it was like a very small, tight-knit group, and they did not meet stereotypes, which was very nice. And and so that's when I actually started, you know, getting really close to, like, my sisters. And, you know, that really helped. And we have, like, different majors, di- totally different majors, you know, a lot of different personalities. But it was nice because, you know, these were people I can talk with and, like, chat with and, like, hey, are you free to go hang out? Are you free to watch a movie? I got you. Free movies. <laughs> um. And so it was just, like, nice to have that. Even though it's deep and long-term relationships that are most meaningful to Alex, she learned to find value in her daily connections with others, even if they seem like small interactions. She was college, like, you know, I want to enjoy the company that I have, even though I might know you for, like, a day. But, you know, the few hours we spend with each other could be like, hey, after class, you want to go hang out to this? Cool, let's go. Or, hey, this is actually a fun class. And it's like, yeah, have a little small conversation. I start treasuring those moments and start, like, appreciating that company um, more just because it's like, you know, there are people, like, that have, like, kind of, like, the same mindset as me to where let's have a casual conversation. Let's, you know, hang out for a little bit and not have that expectation of now you're my friend. Now I will label you my friend and put you in this box and keep you forever. 
Alex also began going to therapy again, utilizing on-campus resources more regularly for the past few semesters to feel better after a stressful incident with a roommate. I think I was the first one in my family to like start going to therapy and that really helped like talk about you know certain feelings I had and like kind of getting like another opinion about it. Um, so I started with the CMHC and I think I had like I did like a couple of appointments with um, a therapist there and that was last year. Um, and so I'm like I guess that helps a little bit. And so I went back to therapy last semester, mainly because of the roommate situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of, I really needed to like come back to myself and not be so emotionally overwhelmed to where I was not functional mm-hmm. academically. Um, and so that really helped. And that one was really interesting because I actually got to have like reoccurring every other week sessions. And I actually started group therapy this semester. And it's all about communication and relationships. It was really, at first it was kind of like uneasy because, you know, strangers don't know you. And we, you know, have conversations um, pertaining to communication relationships. And now it's like, I feel very familiar with it. And like, I can talk about my situation. I can talk about, you know, what you know I've been through and like I could ask for feedback and so having that like multiple way and like hearing multiple opinions and multiple stories and personalities really like set things in a better perspective because it's like we all kind of join the group for like the same reasons and yeah it's just like it's it's really comforting to know that Because Alex went to therapy, her parents started going to therapy, as did one of her sisters. As she took the first step towards coping with her feelings, they all became more open to talking about mental health. Now, like, my, like, I actually talk to my siblings, like, oh, well, you know, you're feeling this way. That's completely fine. I felt that way. You can make it out of it. You can get better. It's not going to be easy. It's a pain in the butt, and you're going to be stuck going through it. But you can do it. And just being able to have those conversations with them, and even my parents as well, um, you know, it's really really nice. Um, But then I would also, you know, like just reassure them that things are going to get better. Like high school is just one chapter in your life, a very itty-bitty chapter. Like you still, like out of the 12 years in school, you still have like 60, 70 more years in the future. Like things are going to change. Things are going to be different, but they're going to get better. So that was Alex talking about coping with mental health while growing up, and then later relearning how to deal with them once she made it to college. Big thank you, Alex, for agreeing to talk and be in our podcast. Uh, I know that it can be really hard opening up about your personal life, especially when it's a topic that so many people, myself included, hide. But again, that's exactly why we have this podcast. We want to talk about those things because Alex's story mirrors so many other college students' experiences. Mm -hmm. Struggling that first semester, trying to find your place, and all that while feeling worse and worse. But like she said, you do start feeling better after a while. It's always just a work in progress. And she would know about work in progresses considering that she's an RTF in studio art. No? Okay. Okay. I'm cut.
Just a reminder, if you're feeling down or in need of help, please don't hesitate to reach out to a mental health professional or call a helpline. The number for the National Suicide Helpline is 1-800-273-8255. We have also included a list of resources on our Instagram, at Familiar Place Podcast. A Familiar Place is hosted by Elizabeth Huang, Anna Kate Hutton, Shelby Stebler, and myself, Ann Morris. This episode in particular was edited by Elizabeth Huang and Ann Morris. Thanks to Lakey Inspired for his use of songs Distant and Last Nights. His music is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license. You can find his music on SoundCloud or YouTube at Lakey Inspired. Be sure to follow us to get regular updates and find out when we post new episodes. We hope this podcast has helped you in some way today and hope you continue the conversation elsewhere. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time at A Familiar Place.